Hello and welcome to Being Boss episode number 87. This episode is brought to you by FreshBooks Cloud Accounting. Being boss in work and life is being in it. It's being who we are, doing the work, breaking some rules, and even though we each have to do it on our own, being boss is knowing we're in it together. We are so excited to be talking to Shauna Hader, also known as Nubby Twiglet, in case you follow her blog there, and her best friend, Gala Darling. Shauna is a graphic designer and the creative director of her boutique design studio, Branch, where she specializes in branding, web design, and print solutions to help small businesses take their brands to new heights. And Gala Darling is an author, teacher, and speaker who has been teaching radical self-love, a selection of powerful techniques and tools which help women transform their lives for close to a decade. Her site, galadarling.com, helps a million women a month find their voice, live without fear, and fall in love with life. And in today's episode, we're going to be talking about how Shauna and Gala, together as friends, launch projects together and support each other as creative entrepreneurs. We're going to be talking a little bit about haters and balancing friendship and business. Oh, and making friends as an adult. I know that a lot of you want to know about that. Hey, I want to pause here for a second and give you an important money tip brought to you by FreshBooks Cloud Accounting. So the tip is this, stay on top of your expenses to avoid mountains of stress at tax time. I know that it's mid-year and you're not even thinking about doing taxes in 2017, but if you start now, you will be thanking yourself later. You can link FreshBooks to your credit card and debit cards and import your expenses automatically. So next time you expense that business lunch or tank of gas, watch it magically appear in your FreshBooks account. It makes keeping track so easy. And you can try FreshBooks for free by going to freshbooks.com slash being boss and enter being boss in the how did you hear about us section whenever you sign up and you don't even need a credit card to get started. Oh, and hey, you can expense your FreshBooks account if you decide to keep going. All right, back to our episode. Gala, Shauna, it's so nice to have you both on the Being Boss podcast. Thank you so much for joining us. Thanks for having us. Yeah, thanks for having us. Always fun. I want to start by hearing individually from each of you, kind of just in a nutshell, your creative journey, just to introduce you to any of our listeners who are not already familiar with your work. So who wants to start? Gala? Sure. Okay. Okay. (laughs) So um, I'm originally from New Zealand. The accent kind of comes and goes. And I live in New York City now. And I moved here in 2008. And um, I have been running my blog, galadarling.com, for the last 10 years. And I recently published my first book with Hay House in February. And my whole thing is about radical self-love. So learning how to love yourself more, learning that it's okay to do what you want to do and ignoring what society says, because most of that, let's face it, is bullshit. And um, the way that I got to this is in my teens and my early 20s, I had an eating disorder. I suffered with depression. um, And I learned how to reprogram my brain when I was 23. And once I did that, I realized how beautiful life could be. And I'm really committed to helping other women see that as well. So that's really my journey. And I've just been obsessed with making my life awesome and helping other women make their lives awesome for the last 10 years. And uh, it's pretty fulfilling. I got to say, like, can't think of anything else I'd rather be doing. So it's, it's pretty good. I've been following your blog for a really long time. And I think that I hooked in probably five, six, seven years ago. And I think that you were really fashion blogging at the time. And I saw you speak at Alt Summit, like on a fashion blogger panel. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. So it was a really, really long time ago. And so it's been fun. I think that's a fun thing. And I was going to mention this to you, Shauna, because we see each other every year at Designer Vacay, just kind of seeing whenever you're in a creative bubble with other creatives, seeing how everyone grows and progresses. So I can't wait to talk about how your own brand has grown and how you've shifted directions or maybe even have gotten more brave about talking about certain things. So 
Yeah. But Shauna, let's hear your story in a nutshell. This is really interesting interviewing two people. If I suck at this, <laughs> I apologize. I'm sure I'm you'll just, be wonderful. Okay. All right. Thank you. So I am Gala. based on the opposite coast as Gala, even though we're best friends. Um, I'm based in Portland, Oregon. And um, I've always been a creative and I've always at my core wanted to be an artist. But the thing I struggled with um, as I got older was how to turn art into a career. I couldn't figure out how to make a living. And by nature, I'm a Virgo, so I'm very practical and I needed to support myself. So I went to school for business and it was great, but I was really bored and uninspired. So I went back to school for what I was meant to do, which is graphic design. Um, And through that whole time, I blogged regularly and that's how I met Gala. Um, And um, through blogging, I made all these great connections. So once I graduated, even though I had full-time jobs at design studios like Kathleen did, um, I always felt like there was another way. I've I've always been very independent and driven, and I really wanted to run my own business. And actually going to Designer Vacay and meeting Kathleen was one of the catalysts because she had already started Braid. And I was like, wait a minute, if she can do it, I can do it. So about three years ago, um, I quit working... um, at all outside design studios and I started my own and I've been running branch now for about three years solid. Um, and actually Gala is one of my favorite clients. Um, so every day I get to show up and be who I am and just make a living being creative, which is basically my dream. So it's worked out. Okay. So I want to hear, when is the first time you two, well, okay, let's start with your friendship. You were friends online first. When did you first meet offline? I want to, I just want to hear your love story. <laughs> it's pretty it's, it's hard pretty in the beginning. Romantic. It's good. Uh, so we met partially through live journal and partially Ooh, through yes. <laughs> partially through a group on Flickr called Wardrobe underscore Remix, which was run by this girl called Trisha who had one of the first ever fashion blogs. And so when we met on LiveJournal, I think I must have been living in New Zealand. You were living in Portland still. And yeah, we we kind of, I guess we just met each other and started like leaving comments on each other's stuff online. I mean, I remember how I found it. So I knew Gala's, uh, I knew Gala through LiveJournal, but the catalyst that sort of brought us together um, was one of her actually her first ever blog post on galadarling.com. Yeah. She was the first person I knew that jumped from like, you know, just like a group blog to running her own self hosted blog. I didn't even know that was possible. And mm-hmm. we had a mutual friend um, named Star, and Star called me one day and said, Gala just wrote this amazing post about fashion advice for recovering goths. <laughs> and she linked you, <laughs> and I was so flattered. I'm like, wow, she. Yeah me because I don't just wear black I wear red too great and that's how that's actually how we sort of connected yeah I linked to like a photo of Shauna's on Flickr that was like she was wearing this crazy red overall dress with like a stripy shirt and stuff and I was like if you are still goth but you want to branch out this is a really good example of that and yeah that was kind of the start of it and then we met for the first time in 2008 when I had first arrived in New York City um, Shona just happened to be in town and yeah, it was an accident. Like I, I wasn't stalking her. <laughs> um, and yeah, we met up for like, I don't know, lunch or something. And we be- basically became inseparable. And, um, I remember her coming to my sublet in the West village in the middle of summer. It was so hot. And I like talked her into signing up for Twitter. I actually have a video of that on Flickr of her signing up for Twitter and being like, I don't know about this. So, <laughs> Yeah, it's true. That's like the epitome of internet friends. <laughs> yeah. A great thing I about being friends with Gala is that she's Gala's always about six months ahead of the curve. I play it a little bit safer, but she's always on to the next thing. So I just kind of watch what she's doing. And if she thinks something's really good, I, I jump on. Like Instagram stories. That shit is so fun. You got to get <laughs> on that. Have you quit Periscope for Instagram stories or... I quit Periscope for Snapchat, and then I quit Snapchat for Instagram stories. Good to know. Nice, right? Okay, so here's where we're going to get into becoming business besties. So going from being, you know, just real-life best friends to doing business together, what was the first project that you worked on together 
collaboratively or did one of you hire the other person to do branding? Like how did that go? go? Yeah, I hired Shauna to help me redesign my blog um, a few times. And like, I think the first time, you know, she just designed a header because we couldn't, I couldn't afford to have someone develop the rest of my site or whatever. So it was really just like making these little changes. So she really started working with me on branding probably in like 2009 or 2010. Yeah, probably 2009. Yeah, and only as much as I could afford at the time, which was not a lot, even though her rates were really low because she was just starting. I was just starting too. I had no money really to spend on my business. Um, And I'm really against going into debt for business and don't do that. So, Amen. Yeah, so I would just spend what I could afford. And then in what year did we start Blog Academy? 2012? 2012. And that was sort of a happy accident. I think with a lot of... um, a lot of businesses that form from friendships, you can't force it. Um, so a couple years before Blog Academy, Gala and I had started traveling together. We both had a passion for showing up, at ran- like just <laughs> traveling to random places. Like she would literally email me and be like, hey, you want to go to Vegas? And then the next day be like, actually, let's go to Iceland. And I'd be like, okay. <laughs> so we went on all these random crazy trips together. And as we traveled, um, as you know, traveling without a purpose is really expensive. And we started thinking, you know, is there a way for us to travel together and see the world, but also maybe help people along the way and have a purpose for going somewhere versus just sightseeing? And blowing um, our and cash. <laughs> exactly. So that's how Blog Academy came about. We had this idea that we wanted to travel. We wanted to help people in some way. And that was the catalyst. Yeah. And then we ended up meeting our, the, our third business partner, Kat Williams from Rock and Roll Bride in Las Vegas. She just happened to be there while we were there. She was working with Shauna on um, some magazine or book or something. And they met up in person for the first time ever to like discuss whatever. And we were like, this girl is rad. Like, let's do some shit. And yeah, basically, I think on that trip, we were like, yeah, we should do this thing. And we launched Blog Academy a few months later. So Blog Academy was an in-person workshop that was teaching other people how to blog, right? So I remember whenever you guys launched that thinking it was genius, I could kind of see behind the scenes as an entrepreneur, like, wow, this is a really great way to travel and get paid for it and to even build up your own brands. And then I was actually kind of surprised whenever you guys stopped doing the in-person workshops. Did you do in-person workshops for a year is that? Uh, I think like two and a half years, maybe three years. Like we ended up teaching maybe like 2000 people or something. Like we taught a lot of people. We did over 30 classes, I think, um, in basically like every continent. Um, and except after, Antarctica. We except Antarctica. Antarctica. <laughs> the block um, down there? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Polar bears don't do that much blogging these days. Um, they but yeah, though. <laughs> I know they have so much insight to share. Um, but we were still teaching the same content and we weren't sure that there were enough people to support us doing like a level two of what we had already taught. And we were really big on giving value. We don't want to sell something we don't really believe in. We wanted to make sure anyone who came along was really getting their money's worth. And we really felt that with level one, but thinking of like a second way of expanding it or growing it like it just didn't seem to come very naturally um and we also all got really busy I got a book deal Shauna opened her design studio Kat launched her magazine for real and it just became like we don't really have time to take two weeks out of the month every month to travel and you know it just it just our our whole thing shifted yeah and I think a lot of times with a business model you have to figure out how to scale outwards so after traveling for two years, you know, we'd be on the road literally for sometimes two and three weeks at a time. There was one time where we were on a trip literally for a straight month, which was insanity. <laughs> and there's a point where you miss, you know, you miss your family, you miss your pets, you miss your life. And um, we, two or three years ago in London, we decided to do a live recording. So that's actually still available. So if people really want Blog Academy, they can watch the live version, which is the exact same content. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, you have to find a way to sort of have that work-life balance. And if you're always traveling and you don't have a life, then, you know, what's the point? Yeah. And also like being in routine is really great for your creativity. As boring as that sounds like, yes, you have to leave the house and have adventures to be inspired and get fodder for your stuff, but then you have to go home and like do the work. And this year, even like I have traveled so much, my feet have barely touched the ground. Shauna and I go to Italy and Morocco on Sunday. Like I'm dying <laughs> 
to just sit in my living room and get some fucking writing done, I can't even tell you. So, yeah. It, you know, like, it has its pros and cons. And I'm, I would never complain about traveling. It's amazing. But you got to know when enough is enough. And it's time to, like, do some work again. Agreed. Oh. I love that. So I have to ask you guys, like traveling that much, because Kathleen and I are about to start traveling a whole lot together. (laughs) Tell me about that. Tell me about like whenever you're traveling it out and doing these things, like what is the what is the divide between like business and friendship? Like, do you turn it off and on easily? Like, what is that like when you're hanging out with each other that much? (laughs) So I would say like up front, the only way that it's worked, the only reason it's worked for the three of us is that we really are without, before we even met, we didn't even know this, but we really do keep the same schedules. So it doesn't matter how late we stay, stay up. Like in Vegas two weeks ago, we were up till four in the morning some nights, but we still popped out of bed at eight and 9 a.m. Um, and because we keep the same schedule um, mm-hmm. and none of us are really hard partiers, um, we all really value our work and have a strong work ethic. Mm-hmm. And I think because of that, we're really, it's a really seamless experience. And also, even when we were running Blog Academy, we never really clashed because we all had separate duties. So the key with having a, a business and a friendship is that you want to make sure that you don't overlap. So I always did 100% of the design. Gala always did 100% of like the, the media and outreach, you know, everything from our mailing list to PR inquiries. And Kat did a lot of the social media and emails. And because of that, we never really had a reason to get annoyed at each other because we were basically doing the jobs that each other didn't want to do. So Right. Yeah, we were working on our own strengths. Like, I'm the best person for writing sales copy. I would never be like, oh, Shauna, can you help me? Like, no, like, that's not her thing. She makes it look amazing. And it's my job to make it sound amazing. So if, yeah, having those clearly delineated roles is important. But as for, like, friendship and business, switching it on or off, like, there is no such thing, really. But I think another one of the reasons why this works for us is that we always were really clear that friendship came first and money and business was totally secondary and it was more important to us to maintain the friendship than to be like, well, I want to make more money, so, uh. Like, that has never been our attitude and I think that's really essential. Yeah, like it's funny. This is like one of those like inside things, but as funny as it sounds, the, the day before we um, did our first ever Blog Academy class, oh my god, yes. in New York, <laughs> we literally pulled out a single sheet of paper, and Gala has the best handwriting, so she hand wrote this, and we wrote out a little contract, and her and Kat and I signed it, basically saying friendship would always come first, and if one of us decided not to do it anymore, the other two could go on and do whatever they wanted with the content, and. Because we always had that in the back of our minds, we never really tried to, tried to um, you know... Swindle each other? Swindle. <laughs> I'm so glad that you say this. Emily and I actually hired a lawyer to help us with our operating agreement. And our lawyer was thrown for a loop whenever we came back with a don't be an asshole clause, an Oprah clause, which is like if someone gets invited on Oprah, like whose brand is being represented and... Do we try and get the other person on? And then what was the other one? There is something else. But basically saying, let's support each other. Oh, a non-compete. We don't have a non-compete in place because that kind of falls under don't be an asshole. And it got too confusing because our points of view overlap so much. So I thought it was interesting that you say if at any point you wanted to dissolve the business, you can take the content and do what you want. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, thankfully, we are very respectful of each other. And um, also, we probably have so much dirt on each other now. Like, if some (laughs) shit went down, like, the things we could tell the internet are just, like, mind-blowing. Yeah. I mean, if you're sitting on a flight to Australia for 14 hours next to a certain person, um, you know everything about them. When you're sharing beds, sharing couches... Sharing bathrooms, like we yeah. know so much about each other that yeah, you know. Like when you're shoving, shoving your laundry all into the same washing machine, and you have to sort it out. Like you know everything about that person, so it's best <laughs> just to um, not not um, rock yeah. the boat. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I love that, though. So, you know, we have we have the clubhouse and even in our Facebook group and just our tribe in general, like they're all so 
they're all so friendly and they all like they all want to cultivate their tribe of people and all most of them are looking for that business bestie like that person that they can share their business with and whether that's just like you know conversations where they're talking about like revenue or you know clients or whatever it may be or actually sharing a business in collaborating on projects um and I think so many of them have trouble visualizing what that relationship actually looks like and I think you guys like hit it right on the head with you know your friends first like your human beings first and um and then the business is second and having those roles is everything knowing what one person is doing and the other person is doing and making sure there's no overlap and playing to the strengths of both um is what makes these like business besties not only like fruitful like as friends but as businesses as well And I think people, I mean, people are looking for that, that business partner relationship. And so that's what they're looking for. But really, you should just be looking for friends. And some people you're going to click with and some people you're not. Like my friend, um, Grace Smith is a hypnotherapist and she's amazing. She's in New York City. And I just started this doing this new thing called Bad Witch Workout, which is a workout that employs like spiritual concepts. And she came and did like hypnosis at the end. And it was amazing. And, you know, I'm going to promote what she does and I'm an affiliate for what she does. She came to my house like yesterday and sat on my couch and talked to me and my boyfriend and brainstormed some business shit with us. And like, we may never start a business together, but it's great to have her as someone I can collaborate with and talk to. And that happened totally randomly. I went to a speaking workshop in New Mexico and she happened to be there as well. And everyone else in this workshop was like 50 plus and she was the only person my age. And we were like, you're awesome this should happen way more often. So those things just happen very organically. And I think you have to go into social situations with the mindset of like, who can I meet? What can we do? How can this be fun? Not like I need someone to be my angel investor or I need someone to be the business mind to my creative, whatever. Like I don't think it works when you go into it with that intention. I completely agree with that. I think going into, I mean, and y'all's relationship mine and Kathleen's relationship like they're not planned like they just sort of happen you meet people randomly people are accidentally in New York City when you're there like that's how these things work and and you have to be open to it and you never know what could come out of it Mm. just as an aside Shauna look at my cup I designed that (laughs) I drink coffee this every day it's your blog academy cup. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm curious to hear about um, starting a project together, being blog academy. Did you guys learn anything about your friendship? Do you feel like it deepened your friendship or did it change any sort of dynamic? And what do you think about doing more projects together? Or has it opened you up to doing collaborations with even other people that aren't necessarily each other? How has it changed your friendship and your business? I think Blog Academy made us so much stronger because, like I said, it's one thing to go on a trip for a few days with a friend just for fun. Um, But when you're literally on the road for two weeks with other people, like two other people, and everything goes wrong. You know, we've literally had everything go wrong. Like, we've had a toilet break. We've had um, crazy cab drivers. We've had Airbnb places that were misrepresented and had no Wi-Fi. We've had so much crazy stuff happen. And... I think in those situations when you're really stressed and you're just freaking out and you're like in a foreign country and your phone doesn't work, having those two people to depend on and know no matter what happens, they're going to somehow help you out of it is is everything. It's like if you wouldn't do Amazing Race with the person, don't go into business We with would them. win. <laughs> we would totally win. Totally. But nice. yeah, it's definitely deepened our friendship and also when we first started – um, Blog Academy was the first project any of us had done with somebody else. We were all very independent workers. And every time we would get together, we would be like, oh, my God, we can get so much more done as three people than as one person. Like, holy shit. And it opened all of us up. Shauna is doing a bunch of collaborations now. I've done a few as well. Um, and so it's really just made us see, like, there's another way of doing things. And working as a team is so great. Um, you just have to be less of a control freak. That's the only trade-off. But that's yeah. a good thing. That's a good thing. Blog Academy was so easy for Gala and I because we hate answering email. And Kat loves it. She just lives to open her inbox in the morning. And she can send what emails all day. I need her in my life. Dude, I need her in my life. I'm always yeah, like, we need I back. keep you to do that because I hate this shit? <laughs> 
yeah, she's so good at it. So honestly, like meeting Kat was the best thing that ever happened to us. (laughs) Awesome. Do you guys have any tips or advice for adults who are looking to make friends? So maybe not even necessarily the business bestie, but just showing up and being seen and making friends, especially a lot of our listeners are introverts and get itchy at the idea of networking. I put that in air quotes. So I would love to hear your take on that. Um, I have a couple tips because I've really been working on my social interaction skills this year. It's been something that I've really been like, you know what? I kind of suck at this. I need to get way better at it. Um, So there's two things that I keep in mind. Um, One thing is this friend of mine told me, when you meet people, you can either put them off by having like resting bitch face and being closed down and shut off, or you can disarm them by being charming, outgoing, generous, like even just leaning towards them when they're speaking to you completely changes the perception of how you are. So I go into each interaction with the, the goal to disarm the other person. Like that's what I'm trying to do. I want to be the first person to smile at them. I want them to feel at ease. I want them to feel comfortable. And the second thing is my boyfriend's really charming and he can like talk to anyone. He's very social. Um, and I would always be like, oh, why can't I be like that? Da, 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 da. And I had this really shitty mindset about it for a long time. And then recently I was like, what if I made this a game that he doesn't know about where like I make more friends than he does every time we go out <laughs> and I just kick his ass at this. And he has no idea that I'm doing it. But every time we go out, I'm like, hey, what's up? I love your tattoo. That's such a cool dress. Da, 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 da. Like he has no fucking idea what's going on. I am schooling him in this shit and it's amazing so for me making it like a competitive game is the easiest shit ever i love that i love how you've totally like i don't know made it a game for yourself i need to do that kathleen it is on sweet i love that now when you guys are together you're gonna be like guess who i just met and fuck you i just got us in here so what are you gonna do about it i'm gonna i'm gonna make it rain business cards on you totally I love that. That's awesome. And I would say that, like, my number one tip, because I'm a total introvert, um, you know, I'm a graphic designer. I like spending time by myself. um, And, you know, creatives can be very socially awkward. But the one thing I learned um, from Blogcademy, because we had a networking section, was that um, it's always a good idea if you're showing up to an event or, you know, a party or whatever, or just walking down the street to wear a conversation piece. Um, because if you're shy and the other person's shy, it gives them an in. So that's part of the reason why, why I always wear interesting shoes. Like I'll wear gold sneakers because it gives somebody a way to say, Hey, I like your sneakers. And then you can say, what's your name? And, you know, get the conversation going really organically. Whereas if you're just in head to toe black and looking at the ground, mm-hmm. you know, you're going to scare them away. So, you know, yeah, that's a, that's a good tip. Like I was literally at an event last night and this woman stopped me and she was like, I love your sneaker wages on Instagram. Where do you get them? It's like. Okay, let's talk about that. Easy. So easy. Yeah, that's always my number one tip. We did recently did a um, an episode with Christy Austellet from Venture Pop where we're talking about like conferences. Like you're at a conference, big room of people. Like how do you make it do? Just compliment someone's shoes. That's all you got to do. And then you are totally in. My number one tip, and I haven't shared this in a while on Being Boss, is to turn on your taxi light. So oh, to yeah. imagine that you are a taxi car, you're the car, and just walk into a room and imagine that you've turned on the light and you don't have to do anything more than just have your light on, right? It's just like an energetic shift. Yeah, it's completely an energetic shift that warms you up. And I think what it also does is it, it makes you available, right? Just like a taxi, it makes you available. And I think also remembering that everyone is kind of freaked out and worried about what everyone else thinks. Like even meeting you, Shauna, at Designer Vacay years ago, you were like one of my biggest design heroes. And I was so nervous. <laughs> I think I, I, I felt the same way. I was I was so freaked out. I wouldn't even respond to the, the original email for like two or three days. I'm like, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. Do I go? Do I not go? What do I do? And it's funny because everybody everybody feels that way. Everyone has jitters going into these things. And I love what you said, Gala, about disarming the other person. And if you can almost gamify it, then you don't take it so personally if they aren't very receptive. You just move on to the next person. Yeah. 
Just think of it as like you're trying to like get a high score on something. It's totally not personal. And I went with Shauna and I and Kat just went to Vegas and I went into that week with that attitude and we were like everywhere. We went to clubs, we met people, we were like behind the DJ booth with Steve Aoki. Like shit was wild. And only because I was like, hey, let's be friends. Yes, let's text. You're a promoter. Awesome. What can you hook us up with? Like, if you don't do that, then your experiences just stay really small. And really, the key to having a great life, I think, is just to be open to other people. Because that's what makes life interesting. Like, you can only do so much on your own. Your life can only be so interesting when you're focused on yourself. So, um, I also heard a trick. I don't, I don't know if this can go anywhere, but I've heard that Tony Robbins will... I love him. Oh, my God. Sorry. Can I just interrupt? Did you, did you, you see watched- his documentary? Yes. yes! I watched it, but it oh. almost creeped me out in the beginning i like almost made me really uncomfortable well i think it's meant to like he's trying to snap you out of your shit so speaking of snapping you out of your shit like he'll be going into a really deep conversation sometimes it goes to dark places and then he will instantly disarm the person that he's talking to by cracking a really vulgar joke or dropping an f-bomb or like doing something kind of unexpected and it literally I think I've heard him talk about it before that it literally kind of like cuts the pathway like the neurons in their brain to snap them out of whatever it is that they're into Yeah, it's like a neuro-linguistic programming trick. Like, if you're in that rut where your brain is on that autopilot, the thing that it always does, the only way to break it is have a shock to the system, and you could punch someone in the face, but that's not very fun. So saying, like, fuck or talking about someone's red shoes or whatever is, like, the way that you snap them out of their thing, and then then they can see other opportunities and their brain opens up, but otherwise they're, like, locked in that little shitty sphere of wherever they are. I love Tony Robbins, man. He did a Super Soul Sunday thing recently, and it's like an hour long, and he talks to Oprah about like his relationship, and it's 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 some good shit. I tell you, I think he's fascinating. I read his Money book, which was quite a book to get through. Oh, that doesn't sound fun at all. It was all about trading and investing. It it is a little bit about investing. All you need to know is get a four hundred one k from a trustworthy person. There, thank thank you. That's That's number one. Yeah. (laughs) This book, this book is this thick. So speaking of kind of maybe shocking, um, Gala, I'm curious about the direction of your content and even being open to talking about things like masturbation and feminism and, and kind of going into the witchy area. And I've even seen you get a little bit of backlash on Instagram where like haters... I've seen it too, and it makes I'm me sorry. mad for anyway. you. Not, I don't want to talk about it or bring attention to it, but <laughs> I'm just curious about how you get the courage to really be who you are in such a public sphere. Oh, I just think life's too short to pretend to be someone you're not, and especially if you have a business that you've created from nothing. Like, why do something that you're not enjoying? You might as well go work in a fucking office, and I would rather cut my own head off with a bread knife than do that again. <laughs> So, um, but my business has been a really interesting evolution. Like I started as a fashion blogger and I wanted to move more into the self-help realms. And I remember having like a massive crisis of confidence thinking about that being like, do I really fit with those people like the Danielle Laportes and the Gabby Bernsteins and the Jonathan Fields? Like, I don't know if they're going to accept me because what I do is really different. And I, you know, I'm interested in aesthetics and style and like, I don't want people to think I'm shallow or whatever. Um, but I just decided to take the leap and really my blog and the stuff I write about is just an extension of whatever I'm interested in at that moment. And that's constantly changing. Um, you know, I wrote a post today about some like emotional, um, work that I'm doing on different things, like learning to be in my body and not in my head and like just all these little things. And so I don't know. I just think honesty is really important. And like people have hated me on the internet for like since I moved to New York. So since 2008, so I've got like eight solid years of grief. And the thing is, they're going to hate me no matter what I do. So I might as well actually believe in it. And it should be fun for me because otherwise, like, why would you bother? But the other thing is like the trade-off is like, I get to do whatever I want. I don't care what they say about me because I'm never going to meet you. And even if I do, you are way too gutless to say anything to me in person. So fucking bring it on. I'm not afraid of you. And I think having that attitude means I can just do whatever the fuck I like. 
And I think that the, uh, you know, it's easy because you can get one hateful comment or see one forum of hateful. I feel like Shauna kind of walked me through that five I think my, my first slew of haters. Two years ago, yeah. Yeah, I've, I found out at Designer Vacay, someone was like, you have an entire site of people hating on you. And I was like, what? what? Wow, that's so <laughs> helpful and kind of them to tell you, shut the fuck up. <laughs> I, um, I saw Gabby Bernstein speak last night and she was like, I don't attract hateful shit on the internet because I don't go fucking looking for it. And I don't either. And I get yeah. like like one shitty comment every like two weeks on Facebook or something. And it's usually some like right wing pro pro-life man idiot who is like completely irrelevant i don't care i don't care well and what i was gonna say is that you are helping so many people so sometimes whenever i feel scared to talk about something i just think about how how will this help give someone else permission to think these things or do these things or to show up and be seen out loud and not be afraid to be who they are so you're you're doing great work Thank you. No. I believe that as well. And that's another one of the reasons why I can share what I'm sharing because it doesn't feel like I'm being self-indulgent. It feels like I'm actually doing it for a reason. Um, I'm reading Daring Greatly by Brene Brown right now. Oh my God, it's Best. so fucking good. I was reading it on the plane to Florida just like crying my eyes out. It's amazing. But it's all about like being authentic, being vulnerable and how that can transform your life and other people's. That book changed my life. Yeah, it's amazing. It's so good. I'm a bit of a hater, like, when there's, like, something that everyone loves, like, I kind of won't do it. Like, Lord of the Rings and Harry Potter, I won't do it. But this book is, it's actually as good as people say it is. It's so good. But on, back on the topic of haters on the internet, um, that's one of the things that I've always admired most about Gala is that she doesn't give in. Like, she always stands true to herself, and that's taught me how to be more true to myself because, you know, you can back down because somebody hates you, but that's not going to do anybody any good, and... Um, you know, from the very first time I met Gala, like close to 10 years ago, she really wanted to have a book. And I remember probably five or six years ago, you know, we were talking and she was like, you know, I'm, uh, you know, the book deal hasn't happened yet. And I feel like it should have. And she was a little bit disillusioned, but she didn't give up. And, um, you know, when she was finally, when she finally decided that she was going to self publish and she wasn't going to let anybody tell her that she couldn't do it. Um, I was excited to design it and, you know, she, you know, she hired the person to proof it. She hired me to design it. She paid for all of that out of pocket. And if people saw the behind the scenes of us, you know, editing it a gazillion times just oh to get gosh. the design to look right on Amazon, on CreateSpace, like we, we redid that book so many times oh, and, spine would about be off, and <laughs> all these little details would be off, but we didn't give up. We kept doing it. And you know, we were just excited for her to self-publish. That was the goal. And it's like, well, if somebody won't publish my book, I'll, I'll tell my own story. So to see everything come full circle, um, you know, she had given up because people hated her. Where would she be now? She'd probably be working in an office. So right. I think there's something to be said in business. Um, you know, even with Ball Academy, not every single person that came to our course was happy. That didn't stop us. Mm -hmm. I think if you believe in what you're doing, um, you can't let all those people get to you um I also think that that's why it's so good to have relationships with other creative entrepreneurs who you can bounce ideas off of and even share share your stories and experiences and just say man this shitty thing just happened and knowing that you're not alone in that um, I also think that what you said about not everyone being happy at Blogcademy, I mean, this is the reality of it, is that not everybody is going to like you. Right. And we all know this. Like, we all know it in our heads, but whenever it actually happens, it still stings and it still sucks. And it shouldn't not suck. Like, it should kind of actually feel bad to get negative feedback, right? But what should feel good is going to someone that you trust and love and saying, you two, have you had this happen? Because everyone's had it happen, right? I think the other thing about, you know, negative feedback, especially online, is because you're reading the words, you can see them in your mind forever. Whereas if someone in person comes up to you, firstly, they're likely to be a little softer because there's like the social stigma of being a total bitch in person. Most people won't do it. And secondly, like... When someone has a conversation with you, you don't remember everything word for word. It's impossible. So 
you know, like the, I feel like the weighting on like something you read is way heavier rather than just some, like a casual interaction where someone's like, yeah, I bought your thing and I didn't really enjoy it, which is different than someone typing like, I bought this and you are a scam artist and you have ruined my life. You know, like, <laughs> you know, like yeah. no one's going to tell you that in person because most people aren't psychotic <laughs> or it's on another level. Like when you see it online or you see like an Amazon review or you see like a crazy long Instagram comment. Because you're right, like, you know, and especially if you don't have control to, you know, get rid of it and you just have to keep seeing it, then it's like it, ke- it keeps replaying in your mind. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, well, but this it's is one just... of those things. Like, I mean, you just develop a thicker skin over time and eventually you're just like, eh, I don't give a fuck. Yeah. But in the beginning, it's tough, it's tough you know. Yeah, I think the funny thing is, is that, um, and I learned this when we were teaching Blog Academy, we always had an open Q&A at the end, which I love because the questions were so random. Um, you know, it was like how Gala did her eyeliner or whatever. Right. But um, yeah, the question we got every single time, I think people, because maybe they're embarrassed or ashamed, you know, when they get a hateful comment or something, they don't really speak out about it. It's almost like, oh, I did something wrong when really like it happens to everybody. And every single class we had somebody stand up and say, you know, how do you deal with negative feedback? Like I got my first negative comment, um, you know, and I think just by opening up and talking about it, you realize that it's not so bad. It happens to everybody. I know. I think it's like talking about any tough topics like money, haters, or fear of rejection, or like, I mean, all the things. Like, we all feel it, and yet the whole time we're feeling like we're the only ones that experience this. And I think that's one of my favorite things about, like, finding your people is is having the person to mirror back to you that you're not in it alone. So do you guys think that you might work on another project together? Do you have anything brewing we already are. <laughs> <Yay>. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we're working on something that we're really excited about. And it's it's cool because I don't want to give too much away. But it's cool because it's not totally internet centric. It's going to take people off the internet a little bit, which is that what sounds everyone, magical. I right, love that. Like just that alone, <laughs> like, it, it's just, I think I feel really strongly at, like that's what people really need. Um, and so we, um, we're working on something in that realm and it's going to be amazing. Can we talk about that a little bit actually? Because I think that all of us have very strong online identities and whenever you live a lot of your world online, I absolutely believe that online is real life. Like it is also real life. You can make real friendships online. But lately I've been getting into a little bit of a mind loop of like, what am I doing offline? Like I just, I spend so much time focusing on my online business or my online presence or social media and all of that, that it's easy to get caught up in that. I wonder if you guys ever have that too. I think everybody does that has an online business. I I, I don't feel like I do as much just because um, branch still is mostly service-based. So most of the time I'm not sitting online. I'm on my computer for 10, 12, 14 hours a day, but I'm working directly with clients and I might check email or check a news site or something. But I'm not really hanging out, and um, I think that kind of keeps me sane. Mm. Um, in my case, like, I'm a writer, so that's super solitary. Like, I literally need to be alone to get my work done. But um, I started dating this guy a year ago, and he has kind of just reminded me, like, there's more to life than work. And so we go out, and I don't really work on the weekends anymore. And I'm making an effort to meet more friends who live in New York City because because I've been so internet-focused. A lot of my friends are in, like, California or, you know, New Zealand or whatever. Um, so, yeah, it just it takes effort. Like, it's just like with anything, you have to prioritize it. And I've really been prioritizing my offline life. And it feels amazing. It feels amazing. Um, so yeah. And I also think like, I actually wrote about this in my post today that, um, working obsessively can be like a way of avoiding your problems. And in my last two relationships, I worked all the time because I was like, I don't really want to hang out with this person. So (laughs) I'm just going to work. And it's a really good way of like, if you work all the time, you don't have to do any emotional processing. Like you just, you just stay busy and we're rewarded for it because society loves a woman that hustles these days. Like it's, you have the same amount of hours in the day as Beyonce, blah, blah, blah. It's like, yeah, but Beyonce also has a fucking life. And a team of like, I don't know, 
200 people. Right. (laughs) And I think, I just think it's really easy to use these things as a way of avoiding your real life. And I don't want to look back on my life and be like, man, I never, like my fingers were always on a keyboard. It's not satisfying. As much as I love what I do and I love writing and it's very important to me, I have to remember that is just my work. It is not all of me. So I'm constantly battling with that. Even if you are busy, um, you have to take a time out. Like we're leaving on, I'm leaving on Saturday. I'm flying overnight to New York to meet Gala Sunday morning. And I mean, now is not a good time. (laughs) I have so much work to do, but it's not going to stop me. I mean, I'm not going to miss that flight. I'm getting on the flight and I'm going to Europe for two weeks. And that's just the way it is. We're going to ride camels in Marrakesh. We're taking a fucking belly dancing lesson. It's going to be amazing. Yeah. It's true. Life is for living. I'm telling you. So I want to talk about opportunities for a second. So either together or like in your own businesses, online and off, one of the questions that we get a lot from from our bosses is how it is that you choose what it is that you're going to do next. And especially like as you begin growing businesses, like you get tons of opportunities and you have to be particular. So I'd love to hear from both of you about about how it is that you choose what opportunities to take and what opportunities to say no thanks to. For me, it's really easy. I have to like the, I I have to personally like that person and feel a connection. Um, I felt a connection with Gala from the first time I met her. So that was easy to start Blog Academy. Same with Kat. Um, Mm -hmm. With the other project I have with Paul Jarvis, um, you know, we were friends on Twitter first and he was friends with most of my clients. And the first time I talked to him, it was the same, same as meeting Gala, like immediately, Um, you know, we could crack jokes and have a good time. And, um, you know, the projects obviously that I started with both Gala with Blog Academy and then with Paul, uh, when we've done project prescription, both of those have been hugely successful. And I think that's because we actually liked each other and we had a great time doing the work. It never really felt like it was this monumental task. It was just like a a hot slog. Yeah. Yeah. And in my case, like, I just have to be really excited about it. Like I get so many, People who want to do a thing, I get invited to be part of a summit like every like three <laughs> times a fucking day, and I just want to shoot myself in the head. Um, but yeah, I have to be really excited about it. Like I am working on my second book right now, and it is demanding like all of my brain. So anything else that comes in has to be like super awesome. Otherwise, I just I don't like no, no. Love it. So last, I want to know how it is that you guys say no to things. Like if you get one of those questions, like how kind are you, I guess? <laughs> I have an assistant called Audrey who rocks my world and she kind of does my dirty work for me. Like she'll send me something and she'll be like, what do you think? And I'll be like, uh, no. And she'll write back and be like, thank you so much for writing. Unfortunately, Gala is really overcommitted right now that it, whatever. I don't know what she says. Something amazing. Um, Yeah. I also try, I mean, like, when I have to say no to somebody myself, I try not to make excuses either because I feel like it's just kind of gross. Like, it's easy just to be like, thank you, but no. You don't have to be like, thank you, but my kid has tuberculosis or... That's a good point. Whenever I, I was asked to be on the board of AIGA, and it's a program that I feel so thankful for and committed to, but I just don't do well on boards. And I said exactly that. And I was nine months pregnant at the time that they invited me. And I so badly want to be like, oh, I'm having a baby, but I'm not going to let my baby stop me from doing all the other things I want to do. So I kind of just wanted to say, I don't want to do this. So I did. Yeah. And it's freeing. It's almost like it feels really clean to just be like, no thanks, rather than making up an excuse and then having to like remember it for next time or whatever. <laughs> like, just be honest. People yeah, won't think- hate you for saying no, but they will be like, oh, whatever. If, the, if you come up with this like long-winded bullshit, <laughs> just be honest. And I think it's a little different when you run a service-based business. I think, you know, it's great to say no, but I always try to come up with a suggestion. So if I can't do the job, I'll recommend five or ten people that can um, you know, if you can turn a no into a positive, it, it's, it's great. Now, if somebody keeps emailing me over and over again, <laughs> I'm not so nice. But I think on that first communication, it's always, it's always good to take the high road. Yeah. All right. Where can our listeners find more from each of you? Uh, well, my site is galadowling.com and I'm galadowling everywhere else on the internet pretty much. And um, my new book, which came out in February, is at galadowling.com slash book. 
There's links to Amazon and Barnes and Noble and all that good stuff. And there. it's so good. I downloaded it to my Kindle, so I didn't get to see Shauna's beautiful design. Oh, Obama. You made writing that book look really easy. I just feel like it's so digestible and it's full of actions and tactics and you can kind of almost read it like I'll just pick it up and read a chapter or like half a chapter before bed and it gives me one new thing to try the next day to be a better happier more radically self-loving thank person. you that's awesome I really appreciate that feedback it's it's great too because it makes self-help seem it, it makes it feel accessible it doesn't make it feel like some crazy far-fetched thing you can read it and go actually I can apply this to my life today which I think is you know, the whole goal of self-help, so. Well, and whenever self-help involves an orgasm, like, you know. (laughs) How can you go wrong? Not that your book is all about just having orgasms, but (laughs) that's the part that stuck out to me. (laughs) It's a good prescription. It's a good prescription. Like, I don't know what to do with my life. Okay, have an orgasm and come back to it. Why not? (laughs) Why not? Just, yeah. And then Shauna, what about you? Where can people find you and your work? Um, so my design studio is called We Are Branch, and that's at wearebranch.com. And then my personal accounts are under Nubby Twiglet, and I also have a blog at nubbytwiglet.com. Um, and then the side project I'm most excited about right now is um, with Paul Jarvis, and that's called The Project Prescription. And that is basically um, a set of pre-made documents that designers can customize, and now photographers as well, um, so they can get their processes sorted out really, really quickly and make more money. Amen. Oh, and if people are interested in Blog Academy online, it's theblogcademy.com slash online. And uh, yeah, if you want to see what our live class was like, it's all there. And then if our listeners sign up for your newsletters, will you be letting them know what that next project you're working on together is? Of course. Definitely. Yes. Cool. Well, thank you so much for joining us. I feel like I could talk to you all day and not even know like where to begin. So Totally. Shauna, I can't wait to see you in November. I can't wait. I'm so excited. Designer vacay. Emily will be there too. I'm finally dragging her along. Right? Finally getting me there. And Gala, I hope that our paths cross in real life off me too. offline one day. This I'm sure that they life, will. Thank you for having us. It's been really thank fun. You so thank you so much. Hey there, bosses. Emily here to tell you about our new friends at ConvertKit. ConvertKit is an email marketing platform for bloggers, but I'll tell you some truth. I don't see myself as a blogger, even though you can catch me once a week over on the Being Boss blog. I share content on this podcast, on the Being Boss website, and more notably to my newsletter list. Growing your email list and sharing content does not have to be overwhelming or full of too many options or buttons or settings. It can be easy for you to do, and it really should be. ConvertKit is known for their simple design, easy-to-use interface, and powerful functionality tailored specifically to helping content creators grow their email list. If you're feeling overwhelmed by your current email marketing platform, or worse, you're using that as an excuse to not be growing and nurturing your list, then we recommend you check out ConvertKit. Try ConvertKit for free for 30 days. Go to convertkit.com slash beingboss to learn more. Thank you for listening to Being Boss. Please be sure to visit our website at beingboss.club where you can find show notes for this episode, listen to past episodes, and discover more of our content that will help you be boss in work and life. Did you like this episode? Please share it with a friend and show us some love by leaving a rating and review on iTunes. Do the work, be boss, and we'll see you next week.